0: So a lot of English nobility and a lot of Scottish nobility in particular were French or oh. German, mm-hmm. and so most of them would have just spoke French anyway. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like they fled and then they were like, "Hello, I'm from Scotland and I don't speak French." Mm-hmm. They did actually; they could <laughs> communicate. And some of the scholars, interestingly, they would talk to each other in Greek and Latin and stuff. Mm. So um, sort of they were French, a smarter Greek, bunch. And, yeah, French, Greek, and Latin. They yeah. were kind of more yeah widely spoken, like English today. welcome back to another episode of Hymn Partial, the podcast where we talk all things church music. I'm Cara Devereaux.
1: And I'm Monet Fonka. And today we're continuing our series on the hope of glory by talking about the hymn, All People That on Earth Do Dwell. We will be discussing our particularly brutal queen, John
0: Calvin, and a certain bedtime routine with me and my son. I'm intrigued by the Brutal Queen. But before we get to all that, we've experienced quite a few new listeners joining us over the past months. Hi guys, we love you. Um, But please don't forget then to like and share this episode to continue getting the word out because we aim to encourage and the more you share, the more people can discover us, the more people can be encouraged. So like, share, also subscribe so that you don't miss our newest episodes. If you're listening to us for the first time or for some odd reason, you just have yet to join the hymn family you can head over to impartial.com there you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter uh, where you will get all of our most up-to-date news all the exciting things that's going on you can also go over to koficom forward slash impartial to become a Kofi member and support us financially every little helps newsletter subscribers in particular get first dibs on our bonus content so you don't want to miss out on that head over to impartial.com sign up today
1: Yeah, so as we said there in the intro, we are excited to continue our series on um, hymns related to the hope of glory. Mm. You know, we love glory on this show because that's how it ends.
0: (laughs) It's also just a great way to start the year. Uh, I know winter can be a bit grim and Christmas is over and everybody's just like, oh, Mm. no. And, you know, we're a few weeks into... Uh, January now, so you've probably given up on your resolutions. So (laughs) we're just here to encourage you.
1: Yes. And I think this episode comes out either the week of or the week after like Blue Monday, Mm. which is a real thing. It's It's a Monday that statistically there's a lot of Depression and thoughts of
0: suicide and things like that. And I don't know
1: what it has to do with the weather or post Christmas or. That
0: is something that you struggle yes. with, by the way. We did a really great episode. Well, we did. We had a guest on who was really great, Reagan King, mm-hmm. a while back. I will link in the cards at the top of the video for those watching on YouTube and in the description for everybody else. Mm-hmm. There's a great episode on William Cooper, who is a great hymn writer. Mm-hmm. And Reagan King talks through Cooper's. Um, struggles with depression and Mm -hmm. suicidal tendencies Mm -hmm. um, as well as some of his hymns and stuff so if that's something you struggle with or know someone who struggles with that's a great episode to encourage them
1: and I hope it goes without saying but if you are feeling those feelings like please reach out like please you know um, talk to a friend call someone up who you know can encourage you who could have your back who can support you Um, We know just being aware of this being that time of the year that we don't want to just gloss over it with joy, but we do want to bring you things, true, true Mm -hmm. things that we can actually rejoice in um, this time of year and any time of the year. So that's why we wanted to do this series. One of the many reasons why we wanted to do this series on the hope of glory. It is the thing that we look forward to. And so we will... Um, be discussing all people that on earth do dwell today, and this hymn is chop full of glory. <laughs> uh, so, fun factoids about this hymn: um, We sang this hymn during uh, one of our last services at our church's building that we have here in Govan, and so it kind of has like a special place in my heart as as a as a hymn to like look forward Mm. and also to look back i don't know that's probably not very deep but it's just personally kind of important to me um do you have a history with the same (laughs) (laughs) car
0: um i it's difficult to say um which sounds like a weird response But it is one that has stuck out in my mind. I don't know if it's just because it's one of the... It is the first hymn in Christian hymns. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether it's one that I've just sung a lot in the first kind of actually Reformed church I was part of uh, and whether that made me... was kind of part of the journey of coming to appreciate hymns. I don't know. It is one that is... I, I do really like and do really mm-hmm. treasure, but I couldn't tell you the specific reason why. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know how well known this hymn is. To be fair, like you said, it is the very first hymn in our hymnals that our church um, have have used for many years. So it does it is kind of like page one, you know, hymn it's one because it
0: starts with A as well. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but um, it's also just a lovely call to worship, and we'll mm. get into that in a second.
0: Do you know that might be it? I used to I decided after a while that I was gonna like start singing hymns as part of my devos and on Sundays I would pick songs and this was one of them. Yeah. And the other one that I would sing a lot was um How Pleased and Blessed Was I. Okay. Because they're both really great calls to worship. Yeah. Maybe that's part of it is I just associate this with like getting up on a Sunday morning and be like, Ah, it's the Lord's Day Oh, that's
1: wonderful. That's really, really good. Um,
0: yeah, sorry to interrupt.
1: <laughs> no, that's great. That's exactly what I asked. Um, <laughs> well, this hymn is a treasure in English hymnody. It's been sung for over 400 years and takes us back to an important time in church history when we began to sing hymns in our native tongue. Uh, so in order to look into this hymn's history, we get to take a brief uh, peek into Reformation history. Ooh. And you'll have to excuse me because, like, as I was digging into this hymn, there were so many rabbit trails that I wanted to go down, but I only went down a few. So y- you've been spared, like, 80% of what I wanted to say. Um, but, okay, so the author of this hymn was called William Keith.
0: I'm probably not saying that wrong.
1: Really? Keith. Huh. K-H. Oh. K-E-T-H-E.
0: I assume this was Isaac Watts. I don't know why. Look at you.
1: Well, we we don't know where he was born, but it was suspected that he was born in Bonnie Scotland. So he should be. Um, He fled to Frankfurt with the Marian exiles during the Reformation. Mm. Now, if you're like me and don't know anything about the Marian exiles, I'll tell you like a 1% about them just now. So the Marian exiles were English Protestants who fled to continental Europe during the 16th century um, during the reign of the Catholic monarchs, Queen Mary I and King Philip. And for those of us who are not history buffs, those monarchs might not mean anything to you when you hear their names, but to give you some context, Queen Mary I, also known as Bloody Mary, mm-hmm. was infamous for her brutality against the English Reformation. She had over 280 religious dissenters burned at the stakes, and King Philip was her husband.
0: <laughs> yeah, she was She was a piece of work, yeah. Yes. We've had a, a series of not very great Marys in um, Scotland. They do tend to be Catholics. Mm. Interesting note, though, a lot of these guys... Fled to places like Switzerland and France, not just because those places were more sympathetic to the Reformation, but because the language of the court in Scotland for a long time, and especially at that time, was French. So Mm. a lot of English nobility and a lot of Scottish nobility in particular were French or German. Mm -hmm. And so... Most of them would have just spoke French anyway, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like they fled and then they were like, "Hello, I'm from Scotland and I don't speak French." They did actually; they could communicate. And some of the scholars, interestingly, they would talk to each other in Greek and Latin and stuff. Mm. So, um, sorry French, were a smarter Greek bunch, and, yeah, French, Greek, and Latin. They yeah. were kind of more,
1: yeah, widely spoken,
0: like English today, just yeah. more of a an international language. Yeah. Side note, sorry.
1: No, I love it. It's a side note that is related to what we're going to talk about next. So as Cara said, during this time, many Protestants fled to the continent, places like Netherlands, Germany, Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And there's an interesting bit of history, um, one of the rabbit trails um, (laughs) that I wanted to go down. But the short of it is these refugees of Bloody Mary's reign were a mix of political and religious refugees. Mm. They fled for their lives, but were not entirely aligned with what Uh, what they believed in terms of theology. Um, And this led to kind of fractions and disputes among them. Uh, One infamous dispute, later dubbed the Troubles in Frankfurt, led a group of Protestants in the city of Frankfurt, Germany, um, and headed up by John Knox, uh, to go over to Geneva, where our hymn writer and the origins of this hymn are found. So... It's like a lot of history just in this song because our hymn writer, most likely from Scotland, fled to Frankfurt, got in a dust up there.
0: I mean that Knox boy, he was trouble. Yeah, but one of the things contextually. Sorry, I'm just gonna just keep chipping. Okay,
1: just just three history lesson from Um, (laughs) Cara.
0: It's just a very brief thing. Mm. Is that um, I don't think people particularly in the state, sorry guys, <laughs> realized just how closely intertwined church and state was at that time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so your religion and your politics were not two different things mm-hmm. necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so when you're saying, you know, some of these guys are political exiles, mm-hmm. m- maybe a little bit more than theological ones. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because the two are not separate. They th- completely. weren't, but... In reality, there is
1: a difference in doctrinal doctrinal beliefs
0: yeah. amongst these
1: guys. So while they yeah. did have to, they had to flee for what I'll just call political reasons that had to do with their religious beliefs, mm-hmm. their religious beliefs weren't necessarily aligned um, yeah. in terms of doctrine because yeah. they had very different views of doctrine. They just happened to not be down with what was happening
0: yes. politically
1: with the queen um, and yeah her, politically yeah.
0: you were Protestant or Catholic yes. but within even those two groups yeah. there's a lot of stuff as there is today
1: right it mm-hmm. just your life doesn't depend on it in most of the west yeah um whereas at that moment it did
0: <laughs> yeah the two were so closely yes. intertwined yes. that there was no real separation between church and state hence yeah. some of these problems
1: yes um so before we go more into the history which i love this by the way i'm so Grateful that Cara knows a lot about this because I only know what I researched for this episode. Um, let's go ahead and read the lyrics to this hymn, which is actually a paraphrase of Psalm 100.
0: Maybe that's why I thought it was Isaac Watts. Yeah. Because I just saw his paraphrase and assumed it was him. Yeah. So, Cara, do you mind reading that for us? All right. The lyrics are All people that on earth do dwell, sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. Him serve with fear his praise forth tell come now before him and rejoice know that the lord is god indeed without our aid he did us make we are the flock he doth us feed and for his sheep he doth us take o enter then his gates with praise approach with joy his courts unto praise him and bless his name always for it is seemly so to do for why The Lord our God is good. His mercy is forever sure. His truth at all time firmly stood and shall from age to age endure. I love this song. It's so good. I also like, for why? It's like, 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 (laughs) because God's good. (laughs) I actually really do like that last verse. As I was reading through it, I was like, oh yeah, I haven't sung this in a long time. Mm -hmm. But it's so good.
1: It's really, really good. So if we jump back into our history, we find ourselves in Geneva with John Knox and a bunch of other English speaking Protestants. Mm -hmm. Geneva at this time was heavily influenced by reformer John Calvin. Now, Calvin, just a fun fact, he was not a big fan of hymns. Uh, particularly the German hymns coming from other reformers, such as Martin Luther. Uh, So he would take the well-known German hymn tunes and set them to psalms. Um, It was said that his suspicion of hymns was because, quote, it is so easy to slip false doctrines beneath the pretty phrases of poetry and to lodge them into a singer's heart.
0: He's not wrong <laughs> for more on that see any number of our episodes particularly our hillsong one yeah but um both of our hillsong ones actually yep but he's not wrong he's not wrong i think he was overly cautious yes it's babies and bathwaters come to mind yeah two things can be
1: true at mm. once that it is very easy to slip in just straight up error mm-hmm. in A wonderful hook or in a line of poetry as he says here that is so eloquent you don't know what it means.
0: Isn't it (laughs) funny that the sinful modern music discussion has been going on in the church for like (laughs) I don't know 500 years or more. Ages and ages yeah. I I get his caution and and I respect that Mm -hmm. but I also think he was maybe overly cautious but maybe it's better to be overly cautious than too lax. don't know.
1: There's an argument there But it's a bigger discussion, maybe an OTR discussion. Mm. Ooh, let us know. Or maybe you could just
0: go listen to our Hillsong episode (laughs) where we talk about this stuff.
1: We do talk about this in Hillsong episode. So Calvin, very cautious, uh, when he was called to Geneva to support the English-speaking churches there who had broken away from the Frankfurt Protestants, um, one of his conditions to returning to Geneva was that he would have his way with the singing of psalms instead of hymns. Which all of a sudden makes so much sense because John Knox was part of this Geneva settlement as well. And his influence here in Scotland, I think, helped kind of produce slash uh, re-strengthen the very rich psalm singing tradition that's in Scotland. Mm. Um, And... So, I don't know. I I don't think I've connected those dots before.
0: I didn't realize they were in Geneva at the same time. I didn't know that... Well, of the same
1: kind of influence. I don't know if they were literally there at the same time, but they were definitely part of the same I didn't realize that there was that kind of crossover.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's interesting. That does make sense about why we have such a strong psalm tradition here. Even now, like it's Mm -hmm. lingered a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And it's similar arguments, really.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: We actually have episodes. Also. On psalmody. On
1: exclusive psalmody.
0: And... um, yeah, there are some good reasons for singing more Psalms than mm-hmm, you do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, our hymn writer, William Keith, in case we forgot him, uh, while he was in Geneva, uh, he was part of the effort to complete a metrical paraphrase of the Psalms.
0: Set in 1650. No.
1: I don't think so. Okay. Is the. 1560s. Sorry.
0: oh sorry yeah of course it's a little bit earlier than that yeah we have um, 1650 is one of the approved versions <laughs> of the Psalter I'm
1: sure it's all they're but all of course, based off Calvin's of Calvin's 1500s other. I'm yeah. just
0: I'm talking rubbish
1: that's okay <laughs> I was like I don't think so but maybe I don't know I'm no. not connected you know how you don't put things together until someone draws them and to then you and the pieces just yeah so I was like wait is it no no it's not no
0: it's not Wrong, wrong century we're good
1: Um, So yeah, he was part of this effort to complete the metrical paraphrase of the Psalms, and thus, all people that on earth do dwell was born. He compiled 24 of the exile's metrical Psalms, and this is one that has been beloved so much that we find it in our hymnals today. Mm -hmm. Um, Besides the Psalms, he wrote some hymns and religious ballads. Mm. Uh, He helped also in the translation of the Bible into English um and when he returned home from geneva he was made rector of a church in dorset and also served as chaplain to some of the english troops so basically he was a really accomplished man who lived during a very troubled period in our church's history um and i think that's just reflective of so many of the hymns and the mm-hmm. and the songs that we sing from this time is you see these men that really had to endure yep. quite a lot. And it's, I think, reflected in the strength of their hymns and their, and their poetry and, and the way they wrote. Now, this hymn was originally five stanzas long to mirror the five verses of the psalm, but was published in the 1560s in London with a, with only four stanzas. Four stanzas. I can't say that word. As verses. You, so.
0: Verses. Stanzas. <laughs> yeah.
1: So that's what you what you just read. Right. Um, this hymn is really about the steadfastness of our good God. It's a call to worship. And in Christian hymns, it's literally the first hymnal, as we talked, it's the first first song in the hymnal. Um, so why have I included this hymn in our Hope of Glory series? Well, while well, the other hymns in this series might speak to the specifics of our glorification or our resurrection, mm-hmm. like the end, or the joy of looking forward to when we'll be glorified, this hymn actually points in the same direction, but from a different starting point. So as we said in verse one, we have the call to worship everyone on earth, raise your voice and sing joyfully to the Lord. Right. Um, some hymnals and psalters carry a revised version of the text uh, in the line, him serve with fear. Mm. It's been changed to read him serve with mirth.
0: I've seen it serve with joy as well, because it took me by surprise. It yeah. was like him serve with joy. Fear, joy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: But it better reflects psalm the psalm that it's based hey, yeah. on, yeah, that's the that's the more appropriate like, but out of curiosity, what in the heck does mirth mean? Does it mean joy mirth or fear is
0: like, yeah, it's that kind of joyfulness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because if someone's full of mirth, they're like laughing and enjoying themselves and that merriment, that sort of thing. Make merry, Make merry. Gladness and yes. merriment. Is yes, glad is what it says. pleasure, joy. Yes, there you go. Yes, yes. Um, and so there is that kind of yeah happiness, that joyful noise from the psalm. Yeah,
1: really. And like you said, it's also been changed to serve him with joy. And unlike previous episodes where I've maybe had a harsher opinion of these types of changes, I think what you're saying is true. Is I genuinely believe they were just made to better reflect the meaning and not to kind of like
0: shy away. It wasn't one of those things like, oh, we can't say fear. It was more, I guess, well, it says make a joyful noise. So it's okay to change it. I mean, sing either. Whatever works for you, it's fine. But (laughs) joy is closer to the psalm itself. Yes,
1: yes. Um, Verse two addresses how the Lord doesn't need us. Surprise. Um, He doesn't need our help. And yet he has taken us in as his sheep. Mm -hmm. Or as the psalm says, the sheep of his pasture. Mm -hmm. Verse 3 is specifically referring to worship um, at the tabernacle. So, you know, calling people to enter into his courts with joy Mm -hmm. and praise is obviously a very specific historical reference here. But I think it has an application for us today, obviously, as we approach the throne in prayer, mm-hmm. in praise, in worship, it's kind of the same kind of reverence for who God I is. I guess
0: you can also on one you so on one level, yes, you can apply it that way. But there's also like a little bit of that element of coming to church as well, mm-hmm. like the entering His house yeah, yeah. and like uh, yeah, that. application
1: yeah. wise, we could still bring this sort of reverence, yeah, to 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 church. Um, and verse four is telling us why we should. Why? For why? (laughs) But why? Um, uh, Why we should assume this posture? Um, Because our Lord is good and faithful and is so and will be Mm. forever. So the interesting thing about this hymn and to really understand it is we, we basically have to perform an exegetical study on it because it is a paraphrase of Psalm 100. So I want to be careful here because that's not necessarily our wheelhouse. But I think the fun truth of this hymn and this psalm is that it is scripture and it's simple enough mm-hmm. to understand. So it's not some obscure reference um, that we just can't really wrap our heads around. Yeah.
0: Or it's not a series of reference picked from all yes. over the place.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think like it is really a straightforward song. It's it's calling us to praise our God and the joy and the hope of glory that we have is that mm-hmm. this God that our brothers and sisters from thousands of years ago were praising is the same God we praise today, mm-hmm. the same God we will praise in glory. Mm-hmm. And there's so many sweet promises and so many sweet truths in this in this hymn that we could hold on to. So, one quick note about the tune before we wrap it up. Okay. Um, In the English tradition, um, the tune originally associated with this hymn was called Psalm 100. Okay,
0: that makes sense. Pretty simple.
1: Yeah. But it came to be called Old 100th, or uh, Old Hundredth, following the publication of an of the, the new, new version, 100? yeah, a oh. new version in sixteen ninety six roundabouts, and then subsequent attempts by composers to write new hymns for the psalm, right. okay. So it's just kind of like colloquially known as no, so it's it's known as one hundred, but colloquially is known as the doxology, really. Owing
0: to oh its goodness. frequent
1: pairing with the doxology. I
0: just saw that. Oh yeah. my it's like when people tell you Boba Black Sheep and Twinkle Twinkle Little Star are the same tune. And you're like, no, they're not. And then you start singing them and you're like, oh, so is ABC. ABC. Yeah. Like, oh, I just, yeah. oh my goodness.
1: I can't believe I didn't see that. So now Cars knows where I'm going with the next one. But yes, mm-hmm. so this is the same tune for the doxology um, for you guys that don't recognize that. It's the uh, hymn, Praise God from Whom All Blessings Flow, Praise Him All Creatures Here Below, you know. Um, So we actually sing the doxology to our son every night before he goes to bed. So it's a tune that we know very, very, very well because we sing it literally every single day. Um, (laughs)
0: Is
1: (laughs) your mind fully blown all the way? I was just like,
0: (laughs) oh. Got you. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny though because the words are different, so you don't even connect the yeah, fact that it's the same tune. It was like um the church is one foundation and facing a task unfinished. Yeah. It took me years to realise that was the same yeah. tune. I was like, oh. What's the other one? Duke Street.
1: That's is that Duke Street? No, there's uh, Duke Street that can be
0: sung to like a bajillion.
1: And I think yeah,
0: it is. Yeah, it is sung to a bunch of different yeah.
1: things.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But um, but yeah, so just some fun facts about the tomb. So so in order to really reflect on this hymn, I think it's best to just read the psalm it's based on. Mm-hmm. And Car, do you mind doing that for us? Oh,
0: of course not. So Psalm 100, the title that it's given is His Steadfast Love Endures Forever. And the little subtitle is A Psalm For Giving Thanks. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. You can hear it, can't you? You can. You kind of want to sing it. It's surprisingly <laughs> close, the lyrics <laughs> to the, um, the original
1: yeah so i hope i hope you guys were blessed by that mm-hmm. little history lesson um for a hymn that really is just scripture paraphrased mm-hmm. and what a joy like you think about what it took to get this hymn to us yeah um and it's
0: just and the tumultuous time that it was written in so much was lost it mm-hmm. was like So with Bloody Mary and stuff, they didn't just kill people. They would like burn all of their seditious um, material and stuff. Yeah. So they would um, a lot of thing. A lot of things got lost because papers were burned, houses were ransacked, Mm -hmm. people just lost stuff fleeing Mm -hmm. across the Channel and across France and across Germany and Mm -hmm. across Europe. Mm -hmm. And so, the fact that this song survived in the first place Mm -hmm. is pretty amazing Mm -hmm. and the fact that it's gone on to be sung for hundreds Mm -hmm. of years is Mm -hmm. just incredible
1: and it does point to that truth was the last line there Uh, his truth at all times firmly stood and shall from age to age endure and
0: it has and it it does yeah and um yeah thank you so much for sharing this it's so great and um the song is well worth learning you don't want to learn the song, go memorize the psalm because yeah. it's really good as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just this great reminder of the glory of God and the hope that we have and the fact that that never changes. Mm-hmm. So um, we hope that you've been encouraged by this. Thank you so much for sharing. There's a whole world of church history out there that's well worth exploring, whole world of hymnody, and we're loving exploring some of it with you. So until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you.
1: Bye. Bye.